0: A show that dives into everything that society tells us not to do. It's time to forget all of your ideas of success and break free from restrictive social norms, starting with today's show. Join Elizabeth Houghton as she explores practical ways to find success on your own terms. Elizabeth is no stranger to being trapped by social norms, but she found his sudden full potential to motivate and mentor others to make a positive change in their life. Each episode, Elizabeth will sit down with trailblazing guests Who created their own path to success. It's time to be inspired. You'll now be joined by your host Elizabeth Houghton. Enjoy the show.
1: Hi Helen and welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us today. How are you?
2: I'm good thank you. Thank you for having me. I'd be really excited to to jump on your podcast.
1: Yeah no it's fantastic to have you but As my normal audience knows, Helen and I have had a chat offline already and I can tell you now her story is so inspirational and today Helen is going to be sharing with us how she found her voice. So she went from someone who wasn't happy really to speak up in public or speak in a forum to someone who spoke on stage in front of hundreds of people tell me how did that ha- how did you did you ever have your voice let's say like was there a point when you were younger where you had your voice
2: I think when I was younger when you you know thinking back to school I was never the first one to stick my hand up but I would you know but I, I didn't push myself to the front I wasn't one of these who wanted the big parts in the school plays and stuff like that um, but I wasn't afraid to speak, um, but it wasn't something that I really kind of pushed myself to do. That makes sense. And then I think in my early career, because I was very young, I left school at 16 and I was working for a bank when I was 16. So I was really, really young when I look back to what I was doing. I think because of my age, I, I didn't feel um, stifled, if that's the right word, but I maybe just out of respect for elders or whatever, I was maybe a little bit more quiet.
1: So you didn't necessarily at the start of your career feel empowered to speak up when you had the opportunity
2: out of respect for people with more experience for you? Yeah, I think because I was always conscious of being very young to be in the kind of jobs I had. It developed over time because I um, very quickly was on an accelerated training program or whatever they call it at the time with a lot of graduates. So you develop as a person going through that type of training so it came from that um so it did become a lot better and then as i had a career change and went into accountancy again mixing it's a lot of it is the people who you're surrounding yourself with if they're you know helping you to develop and pushing you and bringing you on it becomes easier it becomes more natural um but i think it was at a time in my life that was very difficult where I felt like I really did lose my voice and my, even my wish to speak up, to be fair.
1: What do you think the impact of that was on you, like losing, I guess, your want and your wish
2: to speak up? It was hard because it was at a time in my life which was really difficult um, for many reasons. I'd gone through some mental health issues of my own, my husband was very ill. Um, I'd had some very close bereavements close together so it was really a difficult time and coupled with that I was in a very very toxic corporate environment working as a, a senior accountant but it was just it wasn't a great place to be a blame culture and it was almost you didn't speak up because if you did you'd get blamed for something and it was you know everyone was just covering their own back and it just was not a healthy place to be and I felt very frustrated because I knew I had value to add and I knew I could help and I knew I could make a difference within that organization in terms of you know profitability, making it a better culture to work in, improving, you know, a lot of what I do in, in my accountancy stuff is around systems and processes and making it a nice place to be, you know, and a, a nice job to have. And it was very frustrating to just feel like I couldn't speak because I'd either be shouted down. Mm. um Or blamed for something. Mm.
1: How did you How did you reconnect with your voice? So, what was that journey? So, you've had this experience in corporate, which I'm sure many of my listeners can resonate with, and I certainly can, through my career, where it was kind of an unwritten rule that you didn't speak up because if you did, even if it was the truth and it was coming from a place of care and passion for the business it would be shouted down or you'd be marked as a problem child or whatever it may be. Like it was just seen as negative if you were the one brave enough to poke your head up and say something to speaking on the stage like you did. Like how did you go from that toxic environment for fear of talking up, fear of the negative repercussions of using your voice to sharing your story in front of complete strangers?
2: It's, you know, sometimes I look back and I think, um, you know, my office pictures of me sharing my story on stage and things like that at different events. And I sometimes look and think, how did that even happen? And now when I think back, you know, I, when I went, when I suffered with my mental health, um, medication wasn't a route for me, um, just wasn't my personal um, choice was not to uh, go down that road so I had some CBT therapy which was great but then I worked with a life coach um, he was still a good friend to this day and he really set me on a path of personal development um, which I just loved and I had done a little bit of it in my career which I touched on before you know when I was a lot younger and I really embraced that I really really did um, and that combined with you know, we'll talk about this another time, the link between physical and mental health, is mm. very strong. So I found myself back. I'd always been, you know, very healthy, very fit and everything. I'd lost my way with that as well. So I kind of combined the two. And I, you know, it's still now, it's non-negotiable every day. I do some form of personal development. And then out of the blue, just over four years ago, I received a message from an old school friend asking me if I wanted to take a look. Uh, a business that was coming to the UK that she'd had great success with in Australia. And I at the time, you know, I was in that toxic environment, but I was kind of, I'm the only breadwinner, I'm only one earning. How do I change this? Because, you know, my weekends would finish at a lunchtime on a Sunday when the feeling of dread would descend that I was having to go back to this job the next day. And nine times out of ten I'd be in, in tears on a Sunday night, just thinking, oh, but I couldn't stay away to get out of that because I was earning good money. I wasn't far away from home. I had a young daughter. And I thought, you know, I was working in a job that I was underqualified for, so I didn't have a huge amount of stress as such. It was more the environment that was stressful. Yeah. And I thought to get away from that, I'm going to have to go and work further away, which is going to take up even more of my time. I'm going to end up with more stress and I couldn't see a way out. So when this opportunity came, I just thought, you know, maybe, just maybe it could be something. So I looked into it and that of course was isogenics. and I loved it. And the more I looked, the more I loved. And when I became more and more involved in it and we went, um, the UK launch was almost four years ago. The day it was four years ago in May. I realized it wasn't just a business that I'd become involved in. It was a real personal development journey.
1: Mm.
2: And I think a lot of network marketing companies have a huge, um, emphasis on personal develop personal development um, and, you know, making yourself into the person that you want to be. So that really, really helped. And then I realised it was my why, my purpose. I realised what it was that I really, really love to do. I touched on health and fitness before, nutrition and all of that. So I felt like all of a sudden everything had aligned for me. And I was so grateful to have found it because I realised what my purpose was and what I really love to do where my passion is and that is health fitness helping other people obviously earning some more money a second stream of income and all of that and I think finding your why gives you that kind of fire Mm. and I thought you know what I feel amazing doing this not just from the nutrition I have and now doing something I absolutely love but everybody deserves to have that. Everybody should feel the way I do. And we shouldn't see it as normal to be in a job that we don't like with people who are not supporting us in whatever way that might be. Everyone deserves to be in a supportive environment with people who are helping them to, you know, even just develop as a person with confidence or develop in your career or, you know, learning or whatever it is you're doing. And when I was asked to go on stage the first time, I was like, oh my, I said, yes. I said, literally, they ran me and said, will you speak? Will you share your story? And I was like, yeah, of course we will. That'd be brilliant. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Put four men down. And I was like, oh my days, what have I done? What have I done? What am I going to say? Um, but I just thought, I need to tell people that it's not normal to feel like that. Because if, you know, if there's just one person in the room or the, you know, the hall, whatever you want to call it, who takes something from me sharing my story that helps them to get out of, you know, a bloody miserable existence like I had, then it's worth, you know, the few minutes backstage where you think, oh, you know, what if I mess up or whatever? And it was finding that purpose for me that really boosted my confidence because I think when you're passionate about what you do, which I very much am in all areas of my life, you know, I still do work an accountancy, but I work with a group of leisure centres, So it's all aligned for me around the health and fitness, which is my passion. And I love both sides of my work, um, my job, as I call it, and my business. I love them both. So when you find something that you're passionate about, it is so easy to talk about it. And I think then people are kind of more inclined to listen to you and to appreciate what you're saying, because they can see in you that that is, you know, that's what you love and it makes it a lot easier.
1: Our passion definitely comes out when we're talking, like you can see people and you can hear it in their tone of voice when they're truly passionate, and truly believe in what they're talking about, it comes out and it's kind of really infectious. So here you are on stage at the European conference, delivering your keynote, sharing your story. You are there filled with passion because you are so aligned to what you were talking about but at the same time you've had in the past these negative experiences of talking up and sharing your voice and being heard, what strategies, if any, did you put in place to enable yourself to get up on that stage and deliver that keynote in the incredible way you did with the impact in which you had on those people listening to you?
2: I think it comes back, personal development, I mean, I bang on about this all the time, it's so important, it really is. um, You know, even if it's just 10 minutes a day of reading or listening, you know, so much material out there. And I have, you know, two or three people who I follow with podcasts and stuff like that so I I take a lot from that and that does really help with confidence and you know one of the big issues I used to have um, was worrying about what other people would think
1: Mm.
2: and getting past that was a big deal for me. Um, I did a lot of work on that and now I don't care I just don't let it bother me. It doesn't impact me and I think my desire to share a story that may help somebody else is far more important than what somebody may or may not think because mm-hmm. I'm doing that. Um, and it goes back to the why again, you know, remembering why I was doing it. And, you know, every time going from, you know, the very beginning, I spoke at a, um, like a roadshow. And I think there's maybe, I don't know, 60, 70 people in the room and shared, a, you know, very, it was your five minute, very, very quick story. This as part of a panel. And I always remember on the way out, this lady came up to me and she was in tears and she said, I can't thank you enough for what you just did. She went, you made me realise that there is a way I can change what I'm doing. And she was really emotional. And I I then became emotional because anyone who knows me knows I'm a very, very emotional person. Um, And we had a bit of a cry. And I said to her, you know, I'm so grateful that you said that to me because you always wonder how you've done and if you have impacted someone. And I always remember it. And at different events over you know, my time with Isagenix, when I've either been part of a panel or I've been on a, you know, a Zoom training or spoken on stage, every time people come and thank you and say, you know, what you said really resonates. And I always remember that. And I always think, you know what? Maybe you're a bit nervous. Maybe you're thinking, what if I mess up? It doesn't matter. And also the environment that we're in, people want you to win you're not in that toxic you know if you're in a toxic awful environment which I was people actually want you to fail people want you to mess up and they're waiting to pick you up on you know you've got a figure wrong or you've said you've said something wrong or you've not explained yourself properly whereas in the right environment there's no one in the room wants you to mess up and even if you do the kind of the energy is spurring you on then you know that gives you a lot of confidence before you even go out because you know that everyone's there of they've got your back and they want you to do well
1: mm. and with keynotes no one really knows what you're gonna say right because you haven't <laughs> pre told them they may have a bullet point summary but they don't know where yeah. the word and I don't know if this resonates with you but from my experience, and I'm actually delivering my second keynote at the end of this month, which I'm a little bit nervous about. But in my first one, I very much found as long as I was connected with, like you said, your why, and I found my passion for what I was talking about, actually trying to keep within that 20 minute time frame is really difficult. Like the first couple of minutes, your nerves are there and you're taking the deep breaths to calm yourself down. But once you get into it and you're getting those nods and those smiles from the audience, that does just really drive you and give that confidence to keep going and keep talking and your passion just comes out more. Was that what Definitely.
2: you said? Yeah, and you're right, you know, when you say, you see the nods mm-hmm. in, you know, people watching. And I remember one particular event and I was talking about, um, how everybody's journey is different within the business whether you know some people go really fast and make loads and loads of money really really quick and other people just don't want to do that or they do but it's taking them a bit longer and I said you know don't ever feel pressure to be you know don't compare your journey with somebody else's we're all within a similar business but just do it your way and, and the nods and I remember this lady nodding away and afterwards another one came and she said ah so glad you said that because you see all these massive success stories and I did feel really pressured because I'm not running that fast and I'm like mm. it's absolutely fine and it's the feedback whether it be somebody coming to you afterwards or the nods or the comments or the clap or you hear the murmurs where people are like, oh yeah yeah you know and something really hits and you're right it does spur you on mm. and the other thing I always do is my daughter thinks it's hilarious is I record myself so if I know I'm going to, because they have dropped it on me a very short notice before, like literally one Saturday night as they were closing the event, they went, oh, can you open for us tomorrow morning? And again, I went, yeah, yeah, of course I can. And then think, why am I just agree to that again? But you just think, yeah, of course I will, because I'm going to try and help somebody. Usually, if I've had notice, I recall myself. So, I list, so I've said what I want to say. And you get that's how I... Don't worry so much about timing because I think you don't want, you know, the sound man at the back of the room kind of making hand gestures to shut you up because you're going you're gonna to run over. So that helps with the timing, but it also helps me. I have a good memory, yeah. so it just helps me flow a bit better. So I always do that as well. And that kind of gives me a bit more confidence, too, because you think, right, I'm just doing it in the living room to my iPad. It and doesn't do you- matter that, there's, you know, a thousand people in the room.
1: Mm. do you really listen back to that recording like a number of times before you
2: get up on stage I do excuse me as I'm as I'm kind of getting what I'm going to say together I listen to it and I think somebody once gave me some advice about you know sharing stories or whatever so what Mm. and I was like what do you mean so what and they said if when you listen to yourself or you've written it down or whatever it is you do if you look at it and you think well so what (laughs) so what that bits not important it just helps you to take out the i don't know the fluff if you will and it helps you like really focus on your message mm. if you know if what you're trying to talk about for me if it's about coming out of the toxic corporate environment it's what what's the message and try to stick to that kind of subject because it's so easy to drift yep. to talk about you know because obviously i'm very passionate about health generally mental health physical health and so on and it's very easy to kind of go off so by recording it, it helps kind of get the message nailed.
1: Mm. So when you
2: stand up, you're, you're prepared, you know, and that does help.
1: Yeah, definitely. And with that preparedness, um, would you say you script your talks or you use that recording more to ensure you stay on point, but when you're on stage, you know the point you're trying to make that you actually speak authentically from your heart based on the energy you're getting from the room and like you change up what you plan to say yeah. very rigidly to your recording for that confidence and that support in like that safety net
2: I it always comes from the heart and I never really know what's going to come out my mouth <laughs> to be honest um but I record it to try and just make sure that the points that I wanna make, the important points are kind of in my head. Mm. So as I start to talk, I'll think, you know, I remember, I don't know, if there's a particular example I wanna use or if there's a particular uh, memory or something that happened to me that I wanna share that experience. By recording it, it just kind of reminds me. But when I stand up to talk, anything could come out of my mouth because <laughs> it's always just me. And that's the only way I know to be. I can't be anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes with the confidence as well because I think we do sometimes try to fit into a mold of some description because you think, oh, you know, as an accountant, you need to be professional and this and that and the other. And if that's not you and that isn't me, it absolutely mm-hmm. isn't me, then that knocks you confidence as well. Mm-hmm. When you're just being authentically you you don't have you just you you know it makes it a lot easier and it's the only way I know to be even down to the way I dress because a lot of people and there's no right or wrong to go on stage and the, I think you've got the photograph um wearing jeans and t-shirt yeah. that morning I actually dressed in a pair of heels and like smart trousers and a shirt and I was so uncomfortable it's not me that's not me. It just isn't me. And I'd be more worried about tripping over my heels on stage than I was wearing <laughs> Eric Toms that I wear all the time. And just things like that, where some people prefer to be, you know, really, really smart, the heels, makeup and everything. And that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. But it's, it's not me. Mm. So I think when you can be authentically yourself, that helps you anyway, because you're comfortable yeah. talking physically and you're feeling like yourself. So it just becomes a bit more it's a bit of a chat really, you know, it's normal rather than being something that you're not.
1: Yeah, so it's really important when we're trying to find our voices in my view to strip back all of those labels. So you just spoke about how people perceive accountants, that comes with a whole bunch of labels and we collect these labels for ourselves throughout our lives. So we're two females having a chat. So we've, we've got labels, where sisters were daughters were nieces were granddaughters were mums were the homemakers you know and I know they're very stereotypical labels I'm using slightly you know old school but they're labels we collect over time mm-hmm. we get told we're we're going to be the pretty ones and that's where the hills and the main can't come in and if that doesn't sit with you That's okay, we don't have to live up to a label someone else has given us, but we have to, not have to, but it's ideal. The confidence for me very much came from having the courage to be me, to say no to those labels. And yes, I don't mind getting dressed up, but there is certain things I would much rather be in jeans and t-shirt having a chat than there in a suit. But that takes courage to be able to step outside of those social norms and step outside of those labels. How did you find the courage to not live up to the perceived expectation of others when you delivered that keynote in your jeans and t-shirt instead of your original fault, which has kind of come from society somewhere of how you got dressed originally is how you thought you had to dress to go onto that stage to command authority to be listened to how did you find the courage to actually listen to your inner voice and say no this is not me I'm gonna go out there and share with the world me
2: I think with that um I like to practice what I preach so if I'm, you know, when I'm training my team or I'm talking to people, and I mean, I'm I'll always and my daughter. I'm always just be you. You are the only person who can be you. Um, and you, you know, all the personal development stuff which I come back to again helps you with your, you know, self worth, knowing that you are good enough. And fortunately, I never really struggled with that. I always knew. Um, I did. I always. I never had um, self worth issues. Something that's never been an issue for me. And I, I just rem- I just remember thinking as I was getting dressed that morning and you know the smart clothes and stuff like that and I was so uncomfortable and my best friend went, she looked at me and she said, You're just not comfortable, are you? And I was, you know, just wriggling around a bit and straightening. I just didn't fit and she said, just you know, practice what you preach. You're always talking about. It. Just be yourself, be authentic, have integrity, because two of my highest values are integrity and authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, I really integrity is so important to me and I thought you know what she's right how can I go out there and deliver this speech about finding your passion finding your purpose being true to yourself and your why if I'm not even dressed in the clothes I want to be dressed in mm. and again the supportive environment nobody minds no it's not kind of this dictate to us how you would dress on stage And other people will wear, you know, jeans and t-shirts or workout gear or whatever they're comfortable in. So it wasn't even like I was in an environment that was expecting, you know, not like walking into certain business meetings where you have to be or expected to be Mm. in a, you know, sharp suit and heels and everything. So the environment again helped, but it it just comes back to integrity for me. If I'm, you know, talking from the heart, which I do and just being myself, then that's my physical appearance as well as what's coming out of my mouth
1: yeah definitely so just I want to circle back to finding your why and you spoke about it again just then and how once you found that everything kind of fell into place your voice came back your confidence was there you were passionate you weren't dreading Monday mornings anymore and that Sunday evening wasn't the most terrible part of your life and so many people, Sundays evenings are still really, really tough, really tough, how, and lots of people talk about finding a purpose, finding your why, we hear about it all the time, and how did you know you found your right why, how did you know that it truly is your why, because I speak to people who tell me all the time, I'm looking for my purpose and I can't find it, and it's like, I'm not really sure how deeply you have to look for your purpose like for me it's something that's innate inside you and you just when it all lines up you kind of know and if you can't say yes to it then it's probably not your why but you went on this corporate journey of working in a bank and progressing going on leadership programs becoming an accountant and then changing tax a little bit in your career to start a second income stream to give you freedom and flexibility to get out of the toxic environment but you've stuck with your accounting and you've kind of merged your side hustle as it were at the time with your accounting so how did you know you found the right why for you like, how did you know you found the why? What was that moment where you went, yep, I got it. This
2: is, this is what I was meant to do. I think, like you say, you know, hear it all the time. Find your why, your purpose and all the rest of it. And I think there can be a bit of pressure sometimes. Like, oh, all right, my why is to save the world and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to, you know, rescue all the animals and I'm going to rescue all the children and we'll save the planet. And I think we can find ourselves a bit kind of overwhelmed by it because in the typical corporate journey, which I had had, you know, and I, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, you go to school, you do well at school, you get your exams, you get a good job, you work hard, you know, and I did my accountancy stuff, and then I did an MBA and all of these other, you know, usual things, and you, you feel like something's missing. You feel like you're going through the motions, and, you know, the job I had where I was really unhappy is you know kind of an extreme example but I had jobs before that way you know I enjoyed what I was doing and you think kind of that's it this is it you know this is life you go to work you earn your money you you, on the outside it looks great you're successful you've got you know a nice car nice handbag and all of that nothing wrong with that at all but as a person I used to think it's got to be a bit more to life than this and it was only when Isagenix came into my life and the development that went with that, and we do a lot of training on helping people find their why, and it took a while, and it has changed. You know, I think as we change as people, we have to accept and understand that your why will change as well, because what starts at the beginning of whatever journey you're on, your why could be one thing, but as you develop as a person and you grow, and you know you exposed to more personal development or you're around different kinds of people and you see different aspects of life your why can change as well and I think we have to know that that's okay
1: Mm.
2: but for me it was my daughter's always going to be a huge part of my why and it's we have no family so I am it's you know it's down to me to make sure that she's okay and we were talking about this last night, and financially is a big part of that to make sure that she is secure financially um, and also emotionally and everything like that. That goes with it. So a big part of my why will always be around chunks as we call her and making sure um, she is set up for life, not just financially in every way. So she can, she develops herself and she comes to a lot of the personal development events with me. And she too has been on stage herself, which I was you know, the proudest person in the room. So she's a, a big why, part of my why. But it was when, I think things happen for a reason. I'm a great believer in that. And when you talk about alignment, I left that toxic corporate environment and I was working for myself. I was doing consultancy work um, as an accountant and I was also with my business. And I was looking for an additional client Um, because one had come in a natural end. So I was looking for a bit of a top-up and I stumbled across um, a group of leisure centres that needed a part-time short-term contract just to help them with some system stuff. And I thought, oh yeah, that sounds really good. Leisure centres, I like that. So off I went and the people I met were some of the most inspirational people I've ever met. Very much like the people I work with in Isogenics. And I thought, you know, it's really good. And I had been there a few weeks helping, you know, a couple of days a week. And they asked me if I would consider applying for the full-time head of finance job. And at the time, I thought, I'm unemployable. I don't want a job. I want to be my own boss. I'm done with building somebody else's dream and all the things that we hear. But I was, like, so kind of focused on it, I just thought, this has just dropped right in front of me. I really, really want it. I wanna work with these people. It's in an industry I like, and it all lined up together and I obviously got the job. And I just thought now it's all right. Everything feels right. I'm working in an industry that I love. It's still health, fitness, nutrition, helping people. So the two things line together. So for me, my purpose, in both of the things that I do is just completely in alignment and I think when you realize that on a Sunday night you're actually looking forward to going back to work you don't mind you know we just chatted before I did a bit of work over the weekend I love it Mm. and you get the balance right you know it's not all work and no play you get the balance right and that's really really important but I think when you wake up in the morning and you're looking forward to doing what you do you've found the purpose and you found your path and when you don't have to you know when you just say yes to stuff you know that you you've found the right thing to do you know that you're doing what you love.
1: yeah I love that and it's it's knowing that your why can change yeah listening to yourself if it feels right then it is right and it doesn't have your why doesn't have to be this you're gonna change the world you're gonna undo global warming tomorrow like that And I do feel that there is a lot of pressure on us to have these really big why's that are very powerful and inspiring. But every single why is powerful and inspiring if it's the right why for you. It doesn't, you don't have to wake up tomorrow and go, right, I'm gonna solve X, Y, and Z problem for everyone in the world today. But we have a lot of pressure with that because of all of these stories we hear and because of all the books we read. And it tells us we must find our why, we must find our purpose, we must find our vision. And that's a great reminder that you just shared with her, that your why can change over time as you change. And if it feels right to you, it is right. And it doesn't have to be a why that makes sense to anyone else or Anyone really beside yourself, as long as it feels right for you and you don't have that pit in the bottom of your belly where something's telling you something is a little bit up and it's not the right why, you have found your right why. So that's fantastic. Thank you for explaining that to us. In terms of kind of on your reflections, you've had an interesting path to where you are now. And I'm sure that path will continue. You have what we call a hope. Portfolio career, you do lots of different things and you found all of these things that align and support your passion. If you could go back in time or if you could write a letter to your 20 year old self,
2: what would you say? It's a really interesting question. Um, And when you think back, I mean, at that time, I lost my mum when I was 19. So when I was 20, um, it was a very um, difficult time in my life. I was the only one of three kids still at home with my dad. And I was about to go down a new career path and do accountancy coming out of banking. And I think the advice looking back, I'd always say, go with your gut, go with your instinct and don't be bothered about what other people think of you. Um, I think the saying is other people's opinions are none of your business. Mm
1: -hmm. Other people's
2: opinions of you are none of your business. And I think that's such a true statement because other people's opinions don't pay your bills. They don't make you happy. And that would be probably the biggest piece of advice I would give my younger self. And just to go for it, you know, go with your gut, go with what feels right and don't feel shoehorned into you know, if the traditional career path is right, then there's nothing wrong with that. If that feels right for someone, you know what? That's brilliant. But if you don't feel like that's right for you, then don't do it. You know, one of my daughter's friends was here the other day. She said she wants to go to circus school. And I was like, you know what? You go for it. If that's what you want to do. Go for it. And I think that's what we should kind of help our kids with. They don't have to go down the, it's okay to not do what is expected. Do what is right for you
1: yeah definitely and over your journey would you say your definition of success has changed
2: definitely definitely i was thinking about this um i think you know when you look back definition of success was you know a flash car and a designer handbag and loads of holidays and a massive house and all of that and that's fine Again, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's you know if that's what makes you happy, if that's what you feel is your success, and for a time I did. You know, I was this really driven career girl, I had a massive you know sports car and nice a house, designer head to foot. And now, having gone on the journey I've gone on, where you know real personal struggles and ending up in a not a good place mentally, it does make you really take stock. And I'm very grateful for the help that I had at that time, which helped me look at things in a different way and the development that I still do, as I said, every single day, whether it be listening, reading, whatever it might be. And now I look at success as happiness, you know, loving what you do. And yes, of course money is important. And but money enables us to do so much good stuff. You know, there's a lot of we probably all of the podcasts about money stories and things like that. But money enables us to do so much good you know, whether it's be contribution, but you can contribute in other ways, giving people your time, um, working with charities, things like that. But for me, with success, it's all about finding the right balance for your life, where you do work that you enjoy, work that lights you up, that, you know, you haven't got the Sunday night dread, that you can be happy in yourself, that you feel like you're authentic. And living a lot, you know, there's all the cliches about, you only here once, and you're here for a good time or a long time, whatever it might be. But it's finding that right balance between work that you enjoy, having a you know personal life that you enjoy, where you've got time to do you know your interests, family, whatever that might be. And for me, that's far more um, a sign of success than working as I used to, you know, 15 hour days and having a big car on the drive. You know I was on the phone to work in the delivery room when I was about to give work give birth to my daughter. And that that was how I used to be. And I was, you know, kind of that's a sign of a successful career woman, you know, and no, <laughs> you know, no. So I think now, yeah, absolutely it has changed. It's more about freedom, it's about independence, having flexibility and being happy, you know, really enjoying what you do. Yeah,
1: definitely. So If anyone listening to this podcast wants to reach out to you, wants to know more about what it is you do, your
2: story, your journey, how can, how can I get in touch with you? I do my social media pages, LinkedIn, Helen Turner. And if you, I think if you search up IsoGenics, you will find me. Um, There's a picture of me actually on stage is my profile picture. Um, facebook helen spring turner spring is my maiden name and i think i'm the only one and i do a lot of I, keep, I like to keep things um separate so you'll see a lot of my personal stuff my personal journey on, on facebook whereas linkedin is more business wise i'm kind of dipping my toe in instagram but I, I don't know whether i'm a bit too old for it <laughs> I don't
1: know when I'll, leave, I'll leave instagram to the millennials never too old to try anything <laughs> I, I will drop all of helen's social links in the show notes so if you do want to catch up with her and follow continue to follow her journey please do reach out and i just want to recap on one thing that helen said that really resonated with me before we close out today's podcast is by finding your why gives you your fire so finding your why gives you your fire. So you will know once you've found it. And it's not something that is a treasure map of a journey you need to chase. It's not this big, big thing. But once you know you have found it, it will light that fire inside you and you'll have that passion. It has been an absolute pleasure, Helen. Thank you ever so much for coming on and sharing your story with us
2: thank you thank you so much
0: thanks for listening to finding success on your own terms don't miss out on new episodes released every wednesday if you enjoy the show don't forget to subscribe to finding success on your own terms on apple podcasts to stay tuned for upcoming episodes projects and news Follow Elizabeth Houghton on Instagram at Sudden Potential and connect with her on LinkedIn at linkedin.com in slash Elizabeth Coach. Discover your full potential and find out more about how you can change your life today at suddenfullpotential.com.